Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is the Soho Radio Podcast, showcasing some of the best broadcasts from our online radio station, right from the heart of Soho, London. Across our music and culture channels, we have a wide range of shows covering every genre, along with chat shows, discussions and special broadcasts. Here is just one of our recent shows. To catch the full show, head to our Mixcloud page or listen live at SohoRadioLondon.com. Hello and welcome. You are listening to Women in Jazz. I'm Lou. And I'm Nina. And today we are bringing you joyous music to fill your day and soul. For the next hour, we will be sharing new exciting releases and discoveries and celebrating top talent in jazz. We are also delighted to have avant-garde producer, rapper and singer Shinaji join us later. Stay tuned. We are delighted and honoured to have a wonderful guest joining us for this month's show, rapper, producer and singer Shinaji. Hey. Hello. Hello Shinaji, how are you today? Hi Nina, I'm good, I'm good. Hi Louise, thanks for Hello. having me. Thanks for having me over, I'm doing well. It's a bit, you know, it's been a bit mellow and kind of gloomy over the past weeks, you know, with everything going on, but I just feel reinforced by music and putting out new stuff so it's been it's been really good feeling the embrace of the community that I so hear you and I so feel those vibes of moving between the the feeling okay and and making moves and the real slowing down of this time that that has been that has been imposed on us and and we're responding to and music really is is an antidote for that but I think as creatives we really um we go into those places too and they're not easy places um no. but, but you were saying of course you have just released your video for dirty girls congratulations yeah. <laughs> how, how are you feeling about that thank you well I it took me well we filmed that in April and actually it was like the first the last thing I did in like a public venue before the lockdown like the lockdown had already almost like started so we were really naughty dirty and we went to this little studio and it was just me and a gaffer and a camera guy um so that was actually the last sort of creative um output that I had outside and it took me about yeah a month and a half to edit it all but then you know when you're like creating something new and editing it or arranging a song and you kind of go into this cycle of like self-criticism and improvement and you never know when to stop so actually before I put the video out I was really nervous because I thought what if it's actually really bad (laughs) I put all this time in it uh, <laughs> that's, su- that's such legit feelings I so feel you on that front I think any artist listening now is like sighing with relief at being understood and thinking someone else feels that too <laughs> it's but you know the response was so good and I was so happy and I premiered it on YouTube which was super cool because I'd never done that before like people chatting and watching it with me and that was cool <laughs> amazing Shanaji for those who haven't 
yet seen the video or listened sure. to Dirty Girls, can you, uh, yeah, can you just tell us a bit about it and what's it all about and how it all started? Yeah, Dirty Girls. I mean, I, I'm not really sure how it started. I, you know, I just usually put down a B, a few chords. Then I got together with a few people, Shakira drums, um, Maya Gaps on piano. And we just composed it. We had um, John Wright on the bass as well and made the song. And then the lyrics were very much about, you know, criticising stereotypes um, relating to women and sexuality, the female sexuality and organ and just the dichotomy between the Madonna and the whore and all that comes in between. So Dirty Girls was actually a way of, for me to reappropriate that and to be proud of my sexuality um, and, and what makes me unique as a woman. Um, and the video was kind of a reflection of that, like embodying different personalities and just acting out a little bit on screen, which is always fun. Amazing. And, um, you know, sex, I guess sex and sexuality are, you know, key themes and discussions in some of your music. I mean, why are these themes like so important to you as an artist? Well, I grew up in um, Rome, which is the city that encloses the city of the Vatican State, which is actually a separate state. And Catholicism in Italy is very fundamental part of culture, even where people are progressive and they might not realize how much it impacts their identity and self-worth um, and perception of self within the society that we live in. So I always grew up, you know, with different perceptions of sex and sexuality, but at the same time, I was always very exploratory and rebellious and curious. So my essential persona and personality was in conflict with those stereotypes and the stigma that comes along with sexuality in Catholic religion. So yeah, I always speak about, you know, biblical figures in my songs and it's obviously part of my subconscious, but I also contest it because I think you always have to question why things are the way they are and that's where it comes from. And is that something that you have always done through music has music always felt like the medium to explore that or have there have there been other mediums that have have spoken to you in that way uh so i uh studied law in uh, university so before i started producing anything i was just focusing on my studies that's something i wanted to do for a long time i was always interested in philosophy and um the law and uh the way I did it before was actually via like legal reform activism. So I published um, an article on Kent Feminist at Law Journal on reproductive rights and abortion rights in the EU. So for me, advocacy has always been something that I've done and the law was probably, you know, the best medium for me to do it because law affects us all the time, what we're allowed to do and we're not allowed to do. And so that was the way that I did it before. That That's incredible. And and as you said, it, it's so interesting listening to that because you're so right. When policies change, that's when societies change. Um, of course, there are many nuances within that. Um, and so w- when did the music then begin, I suppose? Was was it always part of when you were studying or did that come later? And, and if so, when? Uh, 
I mean, I there was music before and definitely during. I always loved to express through music. I always loved the arts, just anything creative, you know, making something new and putting it out in the world. But yeah, I think in university, I was just busy figuring out how to be a good law student. And then after, when I entered the professional world, I realized that, you know, nothing's really granted and you really have to go out there and even having a law degree, it doesn't yeah, it can pave the way in a lot of ways, but there's also a lot of barriers and it's about finding your own path. And I felt that I didn't want to be silenced. And unfortunately, in the legal profession, there's a lot of silencing and not a lot of diversity. And I felt that music was a medium for me to be free more than in the legal world. Because I, I was reading a, another interview you did and and I really hear you about freedom to express. And you you said, I don't let p- other people dictate my positioning in the world. And I'm not afraid of speaking up. Um, I have nothing to lose. And I can only add to the conversations and raise consciousness. And, and as you've just explained, you've written papers in the legal setting. You're creating music and really, it, as in Dirty Girls, changing our consciousness around women's sexuality. And so I wanted to ask for right now, in light of that, um, what role or space do you want to contribute to and, and bring awareness to in a, in a more specific area? Is it focused uh, mainly on women or or is there broader messages? I think there's there's always broader messages because I think that, you know, I'm someone who's at the intersection, so I can't really compartmentalise struggle or rights. And so I think that, you know, there's a message around, of course, womanhood, there's a message around race, there's a message around class. And I think that class is certainly something that we don't really speak about very much, even in the black community, which I think in itself is a very strange definition, because I don't think it really exists. And I don't think black is a very cohesive term anyway. And it really depends on where you are in the world, what black means. Um, But I think that one thing that, you know, what we understand is the black community doesn't discuss very much is class, because being a middle class black person is very different than being a working class or poor black person. And so for me, it's about raising awareness of different types of struggles and people who are at the intersections between different groups as well. Um, So yeah, I think that's, that's what I'm trying to do. But who knows? It will work. I, I really want to go back to that quote um, that Nina brought up earlier, the, the freedom to express. I think that's that's a really powerful uh, quote. It's a really, really uh, kind of humbling quote as well. And, you know, you're not just a, a rapper, you know, you're a producer, you're a singer songwriter, like you, you really do it all. Um, is that something you enjoy doing? You enjoy doing it all and having that autonomy over your art? Um, and also how important is collaboration to you? Um, I, I mean, I do like having autonomy because I don't really like necessarily to be told what to do. And the reason I started producing is because I didn't want men producing to tell me what to do on their beats. So I thought, what if I just make my own? Um, but collaboration is great. I mean, even the music that I produce, there's a lot of people involved in the process and, you know, both producers in the case of people who just produce and instrumentists don't get bigged up enough for being part of projects, you know, you'll know about Herbie Hancock, but how about all the people on his records, you know, Um, not that I'm Herbie Hancock, maybe one day, but, you know, it's about recognizing that there's a lot of parts to the whole and it's never really a solo venture, I think, in creation. 
I loved um, on Instagram, you really, not only did you mention the names of people in your band, but I saw that you explained the different projects that they were working on. So like John Wright runs um, a jam like The Bakery and um, Maria Grasper has has her own project. And it, I, it really does feel, you know, you mentioned the support of community right at the beginning of, of us chatting. And when artists uphold each other's stories and become part of each other's journeys, that it feels extra powerful somewhere. A hundred percent, because also we're very, you know, in a very self-centered society. And I've been sort of victim of that process and, and mindset where you just have to prove yourself. You just have to do something really good and get acknowledged for it. And sometimes it's really good to snap out of that mindset because I think the music industry also does to some degree sort of inject this individualism and the way that you make stars and in the way that you make hits it's all about the personality and the persona so we can become a bit individualist so I'm trying to also fight that frame of mind that sometimes becomes pervasive in our society I think we try yeah and I I think I really resonate with with what you were saying earlier about you know, there's there's so many people behind the scenes, aren't there, that, mm. that, that are actually key contributors to making sure that something happens, you know, not just in recorded, but, you know, in, in the live setting, you know, agents and managers and producers, you know, all those people are just, yeah. you know, fundamental to, to making sure that things are a success, right? And, um, and, and yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think there are the people behind the scenes sometimes do not get championed enough. And I, I always notice that about you, that you're always shouting people out and, and ensuring that people get noticed that it's not, it's not just about you. And I think that's a really lovely quality. Yeah. I mean, I try sometimes, you know, I'll forget to tag someone and I'm like, oh damn, but it's just cause I, cause I'm doing it all myself. Like sometimes if it's release day and I have to, do really like announcements on all sorts of channels my mind just goes you know in this short circuit and sometimes it's hard to keep track especially when you've got a big project but yeah my intention is always to uplift anyone and someone's like yo you didn't mention this and I'm like oh shit I'll do that right now (laughs) right now and I, I also think that um you know, when when one is working for themselves, you know, be, be it, an, you know, an artist with a capital A, um, that, you know, sometimes it can feel quite lonely and it can feel quite isolating. Mm. And, and those com- those small communities and those those projects that you work on with different people are actually they're so important because they're they're important for one's development. So, you know, hi- highlighting those people that have, have, have helped on those projects or help help you know work towards the success of those projects it's, yeah. it's a lovely thing to be part of um I, I definitely feel that myself I'm working you know with, with, with women in jazz and also as an artist manager um, yeah. that, that having a community around you is, is so essential for success so important and I just I'm just mesmerized by you know the different talents around me as well uh, and it's really nice to see people do their thing so yeah oh it is magic and and it's magic seeing them do them their thing and then how their flavor changes your own project um mm. and so in light of with with production then i'm i'm so interested because you've released two two EPs so far and um there's been such development through those projects and so i just wanted <laughs> to know yeah like it, it's such a beautiful thing um and and a brave thing if i may say so i, I don't know how you feel about that shinaji and so I kind of want to 
to ask what have been the the biggest developments or meaningful developments you can reflect on, whether it's between uh, Midnight Movie and and Blue Melon and where you're at now with Dirty Girls. Yeah. Have there have there been certain developments that have really meant something to you or where you thought, whoa, I didn't realise I'd come this far? Mm. Yeah, that I mean definitely time is time flies. It seemed like yesterday that Midnight Movie came out. And that was literally some of the first beats I ever made. So that was very much me discovering the technology as well and the different things that you can do to produce a track, whether it's sampling, how you create a beat. You know, I didn't even know because I'm not a drummer or someone with percussive experience. So even just lining up elements of a drum kit in a grid was something to learn. So that is a very essential and minimalist project from what from my point of view um and now i'm actually working on my third ep called cosmic blues and dirty girls is part of it and the journey has been amazing i think blue melon is very it's a very good in between because the technique that i used there was a lot more of a mixture between electronic music production and sort of electronic traditional hip-hop and then a bit more acoustic and instrument based and now cosmic blues in the way that we wrote it together with all the musicians involved has become a lot more of a sort of in studio type energy like composition and I really enjoyed that Um, and it's definitely been a journey from a very solo project to a more collective effort that's that's huge and and it, and listening to what you're saying there feels like so such different energies but all of them are so reflective of where you've been at either with the technologies or um with the mindset and I have to say I find it so freeing to hear you talk about um those first beats which are fantastic um coming from a place of not really knowing the instrumentation but going with what felt right mm, that's, a, yeah. that's an incredible achievement um because I think a lot of people um are are intimidated by production and yeah. so what what do you think um what interests you about about production and where did that that come from um, that focus I mean I always really like technology I'm always I've always been a bit of a techie like I I enjoy to animate my own covers and the cover of Dirty Girls I animated that on After Effects so I've always taught myself to use computers and software so I think that's just part of who I am and then musically I think it's just really amazing to see what you can do with sound like even just equalizing to me it's just mind-blowing like it's my favorite part of production is to EQ different instruments because it's just like yeah this instrument makes this sound but you can carve out certain frequencies and then balance them together with other instruments and that's I just find that really beautiful so that's I think that's what sparked my interest in music production and then also just challenging myself trying something new really I'm smiling listening to the joy that you're explaining of the different elements that get you going like (laughs) that is utter joy that you've just given to us I swear (laughs) Uh, it's good it's good and I think that when I started you know in a way, I was so much more free because the more you learn something, the sort of higher the, the bar is set and the standard that you have for yourself was before it was kind of like, oh, I've never made a beat before. So how bad can it be? You know, and now it's a bit more of like, 
I need to push myself to to impress myself in in the studio yeah and what do you think the challenges are of you know you clearly wear so many different hats um (laughs) I I don't know I don't know that many musicians that that are also uh you know also do as much as you do in terms of you know production and writing and uh graphic design What, what are the challenges there I think yeah just time managing time um but then again, I think that I've carved out time for myself to be able to do that. So the choices that I've made in terms of my work and the hours that I work and how I can dedicate time to different projects, that sort of compensates for that. But the challenge is always finding the time and the creative energy, especially if you're doing visuals and sound. I find that it takes time to get it right. And if you're doing it for yourself, you're always going to have a pretty high standard. So it's hard to put an end to like, okay, this is the end of my music video editing now because I need to like attend to the mixing of my new EP. So how do you balance those things? Mm. I guess that the positives of, of having such a, uh, I guess a diverse breadth of skill set is that you can, you're in a position where you can prioritize mm. and rather than, you know, rather than having like a whole long list of things endless things you can say okay well actually you know this is really important this is what I'm going to focus on but I guess also having said that if you had a team around you that where you had people that can do all of those things and you can guide them in different directions Mm -hmm. maybe then your time would be slightly saved there but it's um, yeah yeah I get I guess the positives are you know you can you can really focus on channeling your energy in 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 those in different parts of, of those skill sets I guess Definitely. And I think also when you have those skill sets, it's easier to t- tell someone what you want, because I mean, that's what my mom always used to tell me when I was little. It's like learn to do it yourself before you ask for someone to do it, because otherwise you're basically just going to get ripped off or you're not going to be able to express what you're looking for, especially, you know, creatively. It's so personal. And I feel that now I can tell you know an illustrator like Pedro Correa who illustrated Dirty Girls and is going to illustrate all the EP assets you know I will tell him this is my vision and then he'll make it come to life with his skills and his interpretation so that works for me yeah I I think I think you know you're so right having a vision and knowing exactly what you want is so important I mean I remember at the beginning when um, Nina and I were first figuring out what we wanted our logo to be Mm. and we thought okay look let's just team up with a designer that we really love um we'll, we'll give them a bit of a sense of what we're after but then they're the designer so they should know yeah. and actually that's just the wrong way we, we figured out that that's just the wrong way of doing it because <laughs> and it's good because we we learn from our mistakes but you actually you have to have such a clear idea about what you want because only you know that yeah yeah so true so true is this the the same logo you have now I really like no it's not it's oh. not and I think it was one of those things where as soon as as soon as as soon as we found not not just the right designer but as soon as they understood the brief and understood our vision mm. um, and there was that kind of mutual energy between us it was it took you know it didn't take any time at all and we thought and as soon as we saw the design the second design we were like this is it we we knew this is what we wanted but I just I think that's such a good piece of advice that you've just given there is like you know having having a clear vision and knowing what you want um, definitely it's so important well congrats to you for bringing your vision to life um big up 
Yeah, th- thank you. It was, it was a journey for us. And I think we're, I mean, we're still learning. And it was it was actually a fun process learning along the way. I was I remember calling Nina and be like, I don't understand why they don't understand. It's like, well, you haven't explained it. Yeah, totally. Totally. And, 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 Shunaji, you know, um, you mentioned energy and creative energy and that that's so hard to quantify sometimes because um it 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 can be fed in so many ways like playing a live performance feeding of the audience feeling of comments you described um when you previewed dirty girls on youtube um Mm -hmm. but it also takes a huge amount of energy too and so something that i'm kind of segueing but um (laughs) i think of energy in relation to flow sometimes and you have a distinctive flow I mean come (laughs) on like between all between all the releases there is such a distinctive flow and it comes from the the melodies from the lyricism um from the language even Mm, um and so um so I wanted to ask where that flow where you discovered that flow and and how that's developed um since since finding it really Ah, that's a hard question, you know. I think part of it is probably how I speak, just my tone and the fact that my first language is Italian. So I think there's a cadence or cadence. I don't know. Don't ask me because English is not my first language. But you know what I mean? There's different languages have different flows. So the fact that I speak different languages probably creates a sort of novelty because I have an Italian background um but I discovered I guess flow um when I decided that I was gonna rap and I remember like listening to the most bait rappers like I listened to a lot of Snoop Dogg I listened to a lot of Andrew 3000, Missy, uh, Bahamadia and just really interesting lyricists and try to deconstruct their rhymes and just write them down again just to see how words locked with each other and then I would try to do the same with my own words Um, and that's kind of how I learned about flow but I was also always really interested in poetry so even if you you know read different type of poetry and poetic devices the way that they're used like in Jean Beman or you know alliteration and metaphor and so different devices I always like to bring them together in my in my raps it's 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 beautiful what you just said and 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 hearing you say that it feels like um listening to your flow is really a truth of who you are where you've come from and where you're going and I know as as a as an artist fan or or listener anything that makes that more intimate feels like such a gift um And that and that's so special to hear. And and I loved how in um, Midnight Movie, there's that line, rap is my only friend and testimony. And that just felt like such a freaking strong line. Like it just <laughs> jumped at me. And and that's right at the beginning. And so to to hear that in your first EP and see where you're at now, that really feels like a magical, magical journey. Thank you. So we we asked you um, to select two tracks. We do this with every interviewee at the end of our show mm-hmm. um, of female inspirations. And you chose um, Fiona Apple and Duendita, two amazing artists. <laughs> Please tell us why you chose these tracks. Well, Duendita is a recent release and she is a lovely, lovely woman that I had the pleasure of meeting at Brainchild Festival and also at the Stressen Festival in Berlin in the same summer last year. 
So she just made a lasting impression on me. And I sometimes talk to her and just see her her stuff. And it's really great. I'm really happy for her success. And this is um, her, her latest single. And then Fiona Apple, I've been following since MySpace. So, you know, I'm, I'm a real fan. And Fetch the Bolt Cutters, her album came out on the same day. The Dirty Ghost came out 17th of April. And I just, I was like, my jaw dropped. It was like all the way at Lewisham station that was where my joy is and I live in Catford and that was just how impressive that album was to me so I thought let's just spin it you know amazing my goodness that that is incredible yes well I'm so excited for everybody to listen to these two tracks (laughs) and um and you know big big love to Brainchild as well they really are an amazing festival, an amazing home for so many artists um so shout out to them too um so Shinaji where can people find you find your music and what can we be looking out for uh you can find me on i am shinaji that is my handle i have loads of tracks and past releases on spotify so go check me out on spotify i've got my next single on my mind coming out on the 26th of june so if you go on my profiles you can pre-save that and hopefully i'll see you when it drops it's gonna be really exciting yes (laughs) yes thank you so so much it's just been such a pleasure chatting to you and um i'm just so excited i think both nina and i i'll speak for nina here um about what's to come with you and um we've just been it's just been amazing um watching your journey so far so thank you so much for chatting to us today thanks Luis, nina you've been amazing thank you for having me Feathered his cocks are, see how seamless his frocks are. Look at his paper being low without rocks are. Look at how long she walks and how far was she lost or maybe she was not far.